This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That intro could be for only one guy in this town. And he's a man that... He's a five-tool reporter. He does it all. Podcast, Zoom, print, keynote, you name it. And Standing Room Only's owner, Ben Standick, is there. So, my busy friend, how are you? Uh, doctor, I'm doing well, doing well. The uh, you know snow's not going to stop me from uh, doing what i got to do. So, all the good. Thanks for having me. I know you got to be salivating for a man that's on the scene as a beat guy, reporter, columnist, journalist, whatever you want to call it, to have this much action going and then hosting a podcast and writing columns and also working for Mr. Mega himself, David Aldridge. Are you excited by this and do you feel like you have a lean, if you will, in terms of who Adam Peters will select to be his head coach? Uh, well, certainly, you know, look, it's it's busy, and, and that's it's, but it's like the good kind of busy. You know, I'd much rather try to figure out like the new coach, what's going to happen in the draft, than you know, checking in on the oversight committee. You know, like we did the last couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so this is a good type type of. So busy and yeah, I mean, look, it's exciting. This is like, you know, spring. I mean, every every off season is sort of like the NFL's version of spring training. I, I guess maybe it's more like yeah. training camp. But in terms of like the 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 notion of potential, possibility of hope, of joy, all all of that is happening here for the first time in forever. Because even before when they would hire new people, it was always the ugh. But there's this certain drag on the situation. You know, it's only going to go so far. And now that's all gone. It doesn't mean they're going to figure this out and get everything on the right path, but now there's at least hope that they can and the people in the room who are making these calls seems like uh, reasonable-minded adults, including um, Adam Peters. As far as, like, what he's looking for in the coach, you know, we, we asked him the other day at his press conference, you know, is it an offensive guy or a defensive guy? And, you know, I think wisely he said, hey, we're looking for the right person, regardless of which side of the ball, somebody to be a leader or manager of these players. Is that Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions? I, I think it's a reasonable question to ask, even if people are excited about his potential because of what he's done with that Lions offense the last couple of years. As you well know, you know some guys can be the great uh, offensive minds, like Joe Gibbs certainly was, but it was more than just that, that 
put your you know your teams uh, over over the top, and that's what they're going to have to sort through. Is it a, is Ben Johnson have the goods? Are they better off going on the defensive side for like a guy like a Raheem Morris or a Mike McDonald in Baltimore? So I think Ben Johnson would be the one I would say is the leader, and maybe he's leading by a decent amount, but we'll see. Other teams also want him, and it's no foregone conclusion in my head at least that he comes here, even if he seems to be the guy that everybody's talking about. It does. Been standing, standing room only, and of course, a guy who's a a prominent figure on the athletic part of the NFL, and he does hoops, he does it all. I think that Mike McDonald might be baby Belichick because his schemes, he's the only guy that I, I'm sure there might be another one. I have not put Sheehan-type hours into that (laughs) that has shut down McVay and Shanahan's offense. He's been the lixer, if you will, or the antibody towards it. It's killed everybody else. This guy has a – he's he, to me is interesting, but he hadn't been a head coach. I don't want to experiment. I want to reduce my percentage of failure. That's why I like – and Raheem has really come more and more into my presence. I know Dan Quinn has done all of it as well. Call me shallow, but I could never. I did the cowboy thing. I I just I'm too immature <laughs> to get over it. And so I just I, I I it's almost like Michigan hiring a Buckeye. It's just not gonna happen. And I know that's childish, but I'll wear that with honor. Yeah, I, no, I I, 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 hear, I like well, look, I, yeah. Well, I, just, I also think Dan Quinn would be a you know not that you're not that you're making a hire to sell that notion to the fan base, but it would be a pretty rough one after what happened in that in their last game. On top of what you're talking about from people who share your level of uh, of thinking, um, but I think you make a, a, a really fascinating point. You know, when this coaching stuff started, you know, we kind of had a feeling where this was going during the season. The the main names were all, mostly these unproven guys, the Ben Johnsons of the world, a uh, Mike McDonald, you know, Bobby Slowick with Houston, guys like that who are younger, like him maybe too. they're the next, who know, you know, McDaniel, McVeigh, whatever. But it's, it's more unknown. But the thing is that, like, since the season's ended, Belichick's entered the fray, Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, you've got more veterans. So there really are two camps. I don't get any sense that Washington is looking at Belichick or Harbaugh. I do wonder about Vrabel. And to your point, there's less uncertainty there because he's done this. He's also a guy that is young enough that he could be around for the next, you know, 10 to 20 years if things go super well. I know that's insane to think that far ahead for this franchise, but, you know, if you're going to make these decisions. But the real gem could be these, you know, non-head, you know, these guys who have not been a head coach yet, the McDonald's, the, the Johnsons, but it's a bigger risk. And I think that is what, the, you know, what is fascinating about a decision like this to see how Harris and Peters uh, think about it. You people say, well, what's the difference? You got to deal with Ben Standick now um, full time. It's it now if you've already done it like Raheem's done it twice, they've already had their apprenticeship that somebody else paid for and paid the price for it. I'm paying for that experience. I don't care how good a job, and I like Ben a lot. The only negative, and it's not his fault. 
He did it with a number one draft pick, a guy who's already been to a Super Bowl. It's not like he resurrected the dead like what happened down in Houston where they're working with an Ohio State quarterback and they got him balling out. I put a higher, much higher value on if you got to fix the hardest position as opposed to if you had Mahomes. Now, I think Mahomes benefited from having a veteran, a guy that was not an egomaniac, that helped aided him through, like a Jacoby Brissett did here with Howell. Well, suppose Jacoby was doing that with a higher talent. Let's say we got a guy at the end of the first or second round, and you had Jacoby. So there's a lot of ways to put this. I want a guy that's already done a schedule. I want my guy that already has hired coaches. I don't want him cutting his teeth on anything new other than his GPS to get to his address here, period. That's just me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and the, the point I've been making over the last, you know, couple weeks is, again, in, independent of what anyone thinks of Ben Johnson versus one of these experienced coach, court coaches or what, what have you, um, you know, it, it's new. It's you gotta, you know, it, it is all a different uh, deal. Being a, being a coordinator is not the same thing as being a head coach. You know, Adam Peters going from assistant GM to GM. Sure, you are at the top of the food chain. It is on you, but it's he's basically been doing the job. It's just he was sitting in the second chair, not the first chair. This is a completely different job. You know, Ron Rivera talked about this a little bit, and sort of in his final days about how he said he didn't realize to the extent of how much work he was taking on with the coach centric thing. And that's a guy who was in the league for 13 years. So whether you, or, or you know, he was, I guess it was 10 years at the time or nine years as a head coach when he took the job. So if you believe that aspect of it, it, it can be eye opening when you have to take on different responsibilities than what it was you were doing before. And that's, that's the part here is, you know, are they up to the task? I mean, some guys, you know, Sean McVay, no problem. You know, Mike McDaniel has helped turn Miami around, pretty quick and and he had you know he didn't have that type of experience but um you know arthur smith goes from being an oc in tennessee to head coach in atlanta and it doesn't work out after three years and this happens all the time and that's it's such an inexact science that we spend so much time thinking about and assuming that the people in charge should get this 100 percent all the time it's not easy but what is your process to get there that to me again is why I would be excited as a fan because I feel like this process is going to be smart, reasonable, and thorough as opposed to things that have happened over the last 20 years. Keepers. Is there, are there your top five keepers? You know, we've been, we've heard and we all smiled when he said um, that they had some, I think he called it cornerstone. Cornerstone. Players. Yeah. And the funniest thing has been, you can't ask 10 people, to give you five cornerstones and those be the same five guys. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that, you know, we, the perception of a lot of players that we had at the beginning of the season um, has, has changed in some ways and not necessarily for the best after this, you know, four win season, they traded away two guys that would have probably been on the least, certainly at least Montez sweat, if not both he and chase young, Um, you know, look, I think Terry McLaurin, for all the reasons that you would stay, um, you know, obviously very good player, excellent in the locker room, community leader, things like that. You know, he's clearly one. You've paid John Allen and Deron Payne. 
Uh, I think there's a world where John Allen's future should be up in the air here in, in the sense that he's at, he's at a point with his contract where you either have to probably renegotiate or uh, look to move on. And then after those three guys, it is, you know, it's, it's mostly well, I think, you know, Jahan Dotson certainly looked better in year one than year two. So, you know, what, you know, can new coaches get him turned around? You know, Emmanuel Forbes, obviously the rookie year did not go the way anybody wanted. Does a new coaching staff turn him into more of a building block that you, you know, you're imagining you're getting at 16? I think Sam Cosme probably is getting closer to that. He had a really good year, but it's only the one year at guard. You know, what happens next year? Plus, he's entering the final year of his contract. So, you know, there's not, you're right, there's not a ton of guys where you're going, wow, this is the piece that they have. I also think that's what makes this such an exciting, interesting job because the, the new people in charge are not stuck with a lot of bad contracts or guys who are here, but maybe they, you know, like they're not your people. They're going to have a real opportunity to fill this roster in however they want. But yeah, there's not a ton to work with. Some cornerstones, but not a lot. Well, Denton and I were arm wrestling over this, and Denton, he may not want to go public with it, but that's my thing about cornerstone. Really? And that's the part where I thought it was a little tough. But it's cool. We have really good players. We got some good players. I think if I look at this and I'm the guy in charge of numbers, all I care about is did I get fair trade on my investment? If I'm paying you over $20 million a year, I have to be able to scale that and say, did I get my money's worth or did I get ripped off? What are you required for $20 million? Or as the kids say, the bag. Okay, you want the bag? I ain't got no problem giving it to you. But what do I get? That's what I never understood about this group. Ask for whatever you want. I'm not mad at you. You don't play that long in this. It's short term. But I think it's fair for me to be able to say, okay, what do I get? And Slim, I don't know what anybody would have wrote on the paper, put in an envelope. I don't think anybody accomplished what they would have set out for. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I, you know, like even for McLaurin, who obviously I think is a good player, and you know, like, like his entire career here has probably been hampered by some limitations at quarterback. But it literally took him until the last two minutes of the season to get to a thousand yards, which while what is a thousand yard? Will you explain well, something to me? Uh, when I got in the league, it was 14 games. What the hell is a 1,000 yards if you got 30 games? Right, exactly. I mean, we're, I, it's and stop this like, stuff. That's embarrassing. No, it's embarrassing. I, 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 I agree. Um, it's like averaging like 60 yards a game, give or take, is what we're talking about here. But anyway, the, the point is we, it's sort of a considered milestone, and even that. Ain't no whatever, damn milestone. Jim Brown... Got a thousand yards in twelve games, and these people are still kissing people's behind that got it in fourteen, sixteen, and now eighteen or seventeen games. Come on, man! At what point? Don't just repeat crap because you hear it. It shows your ignorance that you would repeat something that has no relevance. Oh, you almost got a thousand. You should have your ass kicked. If you're making big money and you don't get a thousand yards as a receiver or a running back, even though you're right. dependent upon a quarterback and a line and a schemer, 
I get it. But you ask for the money. Ain't nobody coming in there light when you asking for the money. You got the money. And I'm just saying, we get ripped off way too much. Just straight up. You know, I mean, this is the thing, like, you know, when, when, when there's this question of did Ron Rivera leave this team better than he found it, you know, there were points earlier in the in his time when you had, when all these younger guys, the, the, the three who are still here, Sweat, uh, Chase Young, even like a Jamin Davis and others, where it was all potential, what would happen? And for the most part, as you're, you know, right, I think that as of this minute, all of their stocks have gone a little bit backwards at least. Now, again, I'm not saying like McLaurin, is backwards but like the production wasn't there for the money like you're saying the the investment and they got to figure out how to get better that and then the same thing with the defensive line like they have two holes at defensive end okay fine but the real question is what are they getting out of the tackles because if the tackles play at a level of a pro bowl level which i don't think either one did last year then you can get more out of your ends even if they're not guys you pick in the first round but if you're not getting all that from your tackles now you're really gonna have to make bigger investments in the end um, you know, because they're not getting the benefit, um, you know, other players aren't getting the benefit of what you're paying the two guys in the middle. And this is, you know, part of the issue. But uh, like, I think for me, the biggest uh, sort of broad roster thing is what's the plan? I'm not saying they're going to tell us, but I need to know that they have a plan. Whereas here for the last four years, it just felt like, well, this one time there was a plan, but then the circumstances and then they went to a different plan and there was nothing steady or straight. And it leads to, I think to some degree why we're here right now coming off a four thirteen season and having a lot of questions about, you know, how does this team get better quickly? Well, Ben Stanley, courtesy of the get bet QL guest hotline, be smarter, beat the books, download the bet QL app today or visit betql.com. Brother, we appreciate your knowledge. Uh, there's no real answers, but we do have to pose the questions and all I'm saying, and I love our guys. Wait, they hold- play hard. They're talented, but I just think the negotiations, we got taken on negotiations because you got to be very clear. That's why I like incentive clauses. I don't mind paying you for production. What I'm not, what I can't afford to do is have three or four players that I'm overpaying and that are underproducing. Now, Denton Day, you seem to agree with me. You disagree with me. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but, okay. Ben, you were mentioning the, the defensive end positions. What do you anticipate that the team is going to do in terms of allocating money? Like, there's a couple guys I, I, I'm i at least intrigued by Brian Burns if he if he hits free agency. I just don't know what his price tag <laughs> is going to be. Do you think they're going to drop a lot of money on two guys? Are looking for one guy and then maybe supplement the other one through the draft? Or what do you think the approach is going to be there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think at this point it would be a lot, I'd be lying if I gave you any real thought because I have no idea until we know the coach and get even a little more sense of what, what Peter's what is all about. But not just in terms of like what type of players, what's the timeline? Like, I don't, again, I'm not suggesting this is another process under Josh Harris, but if you go for a Brian Burns just for argument's sake and say you give him like a four or five year deal, how many years into that deal before you feel you're a real contender? If it's more than even one perhaps, maybe that deal all of a sudden doesn't look as good because we all know these four- and five-year deals, the back end of that is often like you, know, you shave a year off before the player's contract gets out of whack. So that's the thing. Is like, what, Where are they looking? You know, How quick are they looking to turn this thing around? The good thing is with the five draft picks in the top three rounds, you, know, you could in theory get a quarterback, an offensive tackle, a defensive end, a cornerback, and let's just say a tight end. 
It doesn't mean they're all going to be starters or, or studs, but it does mean you can address a lot of these areas quickly and then go from there. So it, it, it's an interesting de- 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 determination. You know, if I were to guess, I would guess a free agent who is somebody who is younger and on the rise, they think, versus somebody who's already shown they've done a ton and they're going to get paid a, a lot of money. And that money may not take go to waste, but it may not be for a team that's contending for a year or two. Yeah, the pivotal positions of influence, quarterback, left tackle, edge rusher, cover corner. You could very well be 0 for 4. Yeah, I mean, they don't have – they realistically – this is a part of the problem we talk about how much money they have or assets. They yeah. need all the main positions, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the that's the rub. You know, sometimes you look at other teams, you know, like the Atlanta Falcons, for example – you know they're you know they're making a change, but they've got a really good defense. Based you know, at least based on what they did this year, they've got weapons on offense. Their offensive line is one of the better ones in the league, but yep. they don't have a quarterback. So right. like they have things to do, but not a lot. Washington they they've got to find not just the quarterback, but like you just said, all the core position pieces. They kind of don't have right now. That is going to be expensive if you go through free agency find to try to find those pieces. Yeah, Ben Standing, um, as Coach Thompson would say, you are simply one of the best. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us here on the Coach Sheehan Show. Doc and Denton, always appreciate it, guys. Have a good weekend. You got it, man. Denton Day starting controversy, doing what you do, man. You're a troublemaker. Um, Want to light it up? Uh, Curtis, you've been fantastic. We promise you're up first when we come back. Courtesy of the Ace Law Listener Line, 301-230-0980. Whether you agree or disagree with uh, Ben Standing, I'm sure you got something to say about Denton Day. Join us. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Well, we have the most covenant award, the K-9 award. Got to give that to Curtis from D.C. Really patient. and uh, But kind of a bonus getting to hear Ben Standick go one-on-one with us. But, Curtis, appreciate your patience. Welcome to the Sheehan Hello. Show, D.O.C. and D.D. With you, what's on your mind? How you doing, Doc Walker? Um, the, staff, the, the staff really disappointed. The staff failed the, the players. He's on the McLaurin's and um, – the Curtis Samuels and the the, the, the staff, Robert Ver, Eric Bidby failed them people because even that's the same problem that the, the Cowboys were talking about C.D. Lamb a couple of years ago. He won the number one, but until they start moving them around, you got to put these wide receivers in motion because they're easy to be, um, be stopped if you let them stay on one side of the field. And, and mm-hmm. I think Sam Howard, I think we can win with Sam Howard, but we got to get some big uglies up there. Stop drafting these toys. They talking about Marvin Hurst, this. They talking about discipline. We gotta get some big uglies. You win football game with the, on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Then we can go for there. Cause I ain't pressed by none of the three quarterbacks that they they said out there. We got stuck with with the fan favorite for the last couple of years. Robert Griffin was one. Chase Young was one. 
and Dwayne, God bless him, and Dwayne Haskins. We got we got tricked with that on fan base stuff. We need to get the right players, and the right players are get them offensive linemen and defense line. Did we go from there? But God bless you, and thank you, man. Appreciate that. Thank you, Didi. I like the way this man thinks. Uh, I like the way he thinks, but I don't think that if you pass up at the two spot, it's almost one and two feel to me like they're tailor-made for the top quarterback prospects. If you're bad enough to be there, there's, there's a reason for it. And I just, even though my heart tells me always get the biggest man with good feet in the draft, get a 10-year investment. But the guy that's got to pull that trigger is Adam Peters. And I just don't know. Well, you can pass up on a quarterback if there's not one there. But if you believe there's one there or two worthy of the number two pick, then I think you ride that horse like his secretary. Yeah, I agree. You're right. You're not getting the number two overall pick if you got a good quarterback. That's just that's not how that works. Unless you had a massive injury that year, but this team uh, was pretty healthy, Doc. Pretty healthy. So if Caleb is off the is off the board, yeah, is there someone there you think is worthy of the number two pick? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- there's two, and the guy that okay. uh, Kevin has been uh, preaching to you about is something that we are in lockstep with. I've been a big Jaden Daniels fan yeah, uh, going back to his really his first year at ASU when he beat uh, Justin Herbert in a nice Pac-12 after dark game. I've yeah. loved him since then. I thought he played really well this year, so he is still my preference, but I would be lying, Doc, if I said I was not falling for a little bit of the Drake May hype. I've watched a little bit of his film over the past couple of days. There, There's something there about that kid. He can, he can really beast. throw the ball. He's athletic. He's tall. The, the duck, the former Auburn Tiger, ain't bad either. Next. No, I mean, I, li- I like Bo Nix. I don't know if he has some of the qualities, at least with number two overall. If you drop Bo yeah. Nix, you're, you're trading back. You're using that yeah. pick somewhere else. Like, you might be able to get – honestly, if you love Bo Nix, you draft a tackle at number two, and then you use that Bears pick that you got for Montez Sweat, and you draft Bo Nix uh, potentially in the early second round, or maybe you have to trade back into the first yeah. round. And McCarthy. See, there's a number – today's not the day we're going to do it. We're stuck on number one pick, the second pick in the draft. But as we take a deeper dive and we start looking at who might be there with that Bears pick, because we definitely got fleeced because <laughs> that kid's a freakish athlete. Sweat to me, I mean, it's a win-win. They got the guy who's going to lead them. We got a higher selection. But basically we just traded the selection and we don't know if this guy will be a keeper when you knew Sweat was. And so, but that's over. If you get a quarterback there that works with whomever your offensive coordinator is, and there's a marriage, and don't forget, you still have two guys that can play. Brissett can play, and Howell can play. And he may even play better with better protection and a scheme that probably favors him more. We don't know that, but I also do think um, that it's possible think it's possible that would be interesting then it'd be a win-win I'd be able to bring in my Gila monster 
my left tackle, and then I get a quarterback. If you come out of this with a left tackle and a quarterback, that's two of the four principles to success in the NFL that you have almost got to cover. You got two of the four. Yeah. Which would be a huge, a huge win for this organization. Yeah. Then you can get your boy from the Panthers um, that you were talking about. You get an edge rusher. Yeah. Because it's not going to go away. Corner, edge rusher, left tackle, quarterback. The rest of it, you can fill it in with crayons. But that, well, that's got to be in ink. Got to be in ink. And it's just a different way to look at it, but it is a strategy that should not be overlooked you know so um we'll see it's going to be interesting how uh this comes out and that's why i hope adam peters got the big bucks because he's going to have to give it up and he's got two of the cutest little girls and that means mom is going to definitely be taxed because, you know, well, you don't, you haven't raised them. Them kids, <laughs> that's something. And he's going to be burning midnight oil. So she's got to be, and I'm sure she is, a Viking. Because two kids, you jamming, all right? Everybody has to sacrifice. And that's the thing. When I saw my guy, Joe Jackson Gibbs, send a VHS tape home to the family, he was putting in work. You know, and I think we can all admit that this team – could work a lot harder. Yeah, this team needs a little bit of work. Yeah, I think they could. I think we're safe to say that um, they definitely could work a little harder. I think this is a time, my favorite time in the Kevin Sheehan format, uh, when I get a chance to hear Denton Day drop that knowledge on us with things that are going around in sports. So take it away, my friend. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Doc. This was a story that I saw yesterday that I could not wait to to throw into my news. As you know, big college football guy. Love the college athletics. Uh, there was a story yesterday. Uh, Cam McCormick, he's a tight end at the University of Miami. He was granted his record ninth year of eligibility by the NCAA He's going to return to school for his ninth college football season. He was originally recruited, Doc, all the way back in 2016 alongside Justin Herbert, who has already gotten his second contract in yeah. the NFL. He switched schools. There was some COVID stuff. There was a redshirt injury stuff. But he's getting his ninth year of eligibility to play college ball. When I heard about it, I thought, good for him. I, I I really feel bad for all the people that were affected by COVID that actually lost a year or lost a team and a prospect, chemistry, all that work you put in. So, yeah. Now, he's a tight end, so I'll give him that. If it were a D lineman or an O lineman, you could have a hell of an advantage because you literally are, are a grown-ass man blocking a kid. <laughs> If he was an interior lineman, I would think, really? You should be scoring out as high as hell, or otherwise you're not you're not a player. So it's good for me. But at the tight end position, 
I don't think you can gain. I mean, that'd be good. Well, I'm glad for him. Hope he gets. Hope he's healthy, and um, and can get it done. Richard John on X. He says, "Come up to get Bo Nix and and uh, and Mar- take Marvin Harrison Jr." Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. at two would make me weep burgundy and gold happy tears. Yeah, you and he went that to you as well. I go, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a beast. I've not seen anybody stop him. Okay. But when he gets on the field at this level, he's you know you you just you're not going to have three other guys that nobody can double. On this, I mean, it's just, but I think he's going to be highly successful. I'll ask you a question since you're a college expert. College expert, who's the first guy you think will be all pro out of this group of stars that are coming into the draft? That's a really good question. Um, Thank you. Hold on. Uh, so I definitely think Marvin Harrison Jr. is up there. He could be. I think He's Joe Alt is in that conversation. I don't think yeah. you'll see as many defensive guys in that conversation. I just don't think the defensive class is as good as it has been. Well, you been don't have that edge past. rusher out of Alabama, Ohio State. You just don't want Michigan that we've had the past three drafts. Right. There is no dominating guy like right. there traditionally right. is. Although Jared Verse is good. I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry is really good out of Alabama, mm-hmm. the corner spot. But I, yeah. I'm always so nervous about drafting corners high. Sometimes you get Sauce Gardner, and sometimes you get D.D. Milner, right? Like one of those guys was an All-Pro's rookie year, and I don't know what D.D. Milner has been doing. I think he played three years in the yeah. NFL, and he was gone. Well, corners, I want my corners. Like, that's why I was happy with – well, we got Mississippi State. I, I ain't mad at that because he had to go up against LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. He, I like my guy to have been bombed of people coming at him, and they don't wilt. But a young one is so important that he gets great coaching his rookie year. Yeah. That kid was running around loss. He was running around loss, way he too was. lost to me. He was way, he was very, very lost. Uh, but You t- get an SEC corner and you got to bench him. So you can slow the game down for him. I don't. When is the last time you heard some crap like that? You blaming the kid? I'm blaming you as the instructor. Yeah, I would I, say Ro, I would say either uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, Malik Neighbors, or Roma Dunes. I feel like wide receivers, though, to answer your actual question, I feel like they have the the easiest opportunity to go and become an All Pro. The quickest. I think it's way more difficult for quarterbacks to do it because there's so many great quarterbacks, and the difference between the great ones and uh, the good ones is massive, at least to me. So I would say they're uh, Marvin Harrison or Roma Dunze. Yeah, I'm with Jackie J. Lightning on X. Said, don't be foolish now and trade just trade up and give away draft capital. We don't have an, enough good players to give up anything. Anything, and that's why, if somebody really wanted it, there is a deal that could be made, but you got to really come strong to the table. There might be somebody that thinks that's the perfect piece to their puzzle. Well, they got to pay for it, and <clears throat> then I don't have a problem. But I'm not going out of the top five. That's out. 
but could you get me to move back from two to four? Yeah, there's a deal we could talk about. We could talk about it. Because I'm greedy. I want to get it all. I want my left tackle. And um, I need an edge rusher. And I need a, I need a, yeah, I need, I need some key spots. We haven't even mentioned linebacker. And we'll save that for another day. Because it'll take the entire day for us to go what we could be doing with that position that has been an absolute mess. Absolute mess. And that will depend on the style in which the D.C. wants to run. That's up to him. So, you know, it'll be good. Here's what you did get. Sam Cosby. See, Sam proved to me what's possible. If you recognize, and they did a hell of a job with this, realizing that maybe tackle wasn't in his best future. You go down to guard, and he's got a chance now. I think he's a Pro Bowl talent. And thank goodness. When you pick people that high, you'd like people to think that that's possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, be robbed. We got some backs. I think the running back room's night. I like a lot of our rooms. But the tight end room, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It could use some work. Got to fix it. It could, it could use some work. There's no true number one guy in there. Yeah, But, you know, but just I like Bates on the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> but I got to get more out of him. And I, and I love I love great guys. But the best guy out of all of them didn't even play this year. And he's coming back. Yeah. So Armani. Um, Armani Rogers. Armani Rogers. Yeah, he's coming back. But that fit the past system. We don't know what the new system will require. All I know is he blocked just as well as any of them. He could. He's he's a guy. He's complete. He's complete. But we got to get that running game spice up. So we got a lot of a lot of things to fix. A lot of things to do. You're gonna have plenty of time to do it. But I just want to understand what the philosophy is of the guy in charge. That that um, is the one for me. You asked me a question earlier, but I thought it was about hoops, and um, might have been on social. You 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 solved the problem for me today, dude. It was imperative because if that was Jerry well, I Jones, I was gonna really be upset. Oh no, yeah, that crime. No, it's not. That's not. Yeah, I was gonna really. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I was gonna be very angry. The, the filters. If that was Jerry. The filters on these social media sites now, Doc, are out of control. They can do so much for you. There's filters that made me look like Batman. Like it gets really, really weird. Now in my mind, I am Batman, but like in real life, that's not the case. So the yeah. filters get really odd. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you saved me. You educated me. Yeah, yeah, you educated me on it. So how about some picks? Are you gonna share your your knowledge uh, with the audience today? I think I think that's the I can't think of a better way to close the show. All right, well that'd be good because um, I don't think the rooster puts a lot out on the on the wagering. So I think he's more of an analyst than a than a degenerate. No, so, the, the, the the rooster doesn't love the sharks. You know, he doesn't like the sharks. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Well, we'll let you do your thing. We'll take a break and come back. And didn't date. We'll set you up. So you can make some cash right here on the Coach Sheehan Show. Stay with us.
Capitals get a big win last night, 5-2 over the Blues. TJ Oshie notches his sixth career hat trick in the win for the Caps. One of those was a late empty netter. Knicks beat the Wizards 113-109. Jordan Poole scored 24 points. Marvin Bagley scored 20. 10-16 from the field for him, starting for the first time as a Wizard, but Brunson led all scores for the Knicks with 41. Hoyas in action tonight. They travel to Xavier. Tip-off at 6.30. Pre-game at 6.15. You can hear it right here on the team at 980. No Maryland Friday or Saturday. They're in action on Sunday, hosting Michigan State um, at 12 noon. You can hear that uh, right here on the team 980. And that's what's trending. Getting close to putting a bow on this. The Rooster. Chris Russell, who uh, I'm sure Chris, as we speak, is probably wrapping up a guest appearance on one of the more popular podcasts in the country. Man works 24-7. And I'm sure that um, he'll be locked and loaded today. Belichick, quarterback. I just asked you about Russ. What do you think Russ is going to cook? Certainly not a gourmet meal that I want to eat. Yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm out. I'm thumbs down. And rather have a hot pocket, to be honest. Yeah. Um, how about Vrabel in Vegas? I think that might be the only kind of move to Vegas that would stop the players from rioting. But I think, I mean, they want Antonio Pierce. And to be honest, I think they're going to get Antonio Pierce just based off the fact that Antonio Pierce, at least not to our knowledge, he hasn't interviewed anywhere else. So I'm assuming he is going to be the guy in Vegas. And he should be. I thought he earned it. I think it's the right move. Yeah, he's um man, when you hear teammates and coworkers talk about this guy being the smartest, being this, being that, being this, but yet he's never picked. You know, he's the interim, never picked. It shows you how they don't even consider a lot of players. No matter what is said positive about them. <clears throat> Have you ever heard anything bad about Antonio? No. I mean, nope. I know he got in trouble at Arizona State, but that was for recruiting violations, which is not a thing in the NFL, so no. Well, that's what, yeah, but who was the head coach? Herm. That was Herm, yeah. Herm. How about Herm? Who has a Heisman Trophy guy transfer? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, think about it. They could identify talent, but they could never get their crap together long enough to reap the benefit from it. Yeah, not only did the Heisman guy transfer, he transferred while they were committing recruiting violations. Like, he couldn't pay to keep him? That's my point. Not everybody's built to be in charge. And that's my point. You got to get the right combination of talent together. But what the only way I know that it ever works is to have a guy like Adam Peters really be in charge of everybody, everything. And that way they don't get their heads don't swell up and they think they're better than they really should be. You are what your talent produces for you. If you don't get sacks, who do we blame? The kid or the teacher instructors? We had a guy here, they couldn't even get him to get in a position. 
So I was saying, well, that's when I knew then, hell, there ain't nobody coaching him. He's the only guy standing up. Why? And as I said at the time, I guarantee you he'll have his hand in the dirt at the next place. And sure enough, he does. That's the part that just drove me nuts. I hate to see people freelancing on a crappy team. You can freelance if we got the number one rated defense in the area. You in last place and people doing what they want to do, doing their thing, giving up contain. We've been hooked more than any team in the history of football. We have no resistance at the edge. That is a poorly orchestrated process. Fundamentally flawed. Got to fix it. You got to fix it. No doubt about it. So let's get these picks. All right, Doc. So I got I got a couple for you here, right? First one, I like Houston to cover against Baltimore. Spreads nine and a half. That's a big number in the NFL. And traditionally, teams that are coming off of the buys, as much as the buy is coveted, right? Everybody loves the first round buy in the NFL. You get healthy for a little bit, but it gets you out of a rhythm. So I like Houston, uh, 430. That's 430 tomorrow on Saturday. I like them to cover the nine and a half. Baltimore's still going to win. They're the better team. They're maybe the best team in the NFL right now. But I like Houston to cover against Baltimore. So that's one. The second one, this is the big one, Doc. This is the big money game that everyone's paying attention to. I like Kansas City over Buffalo on Sunday night. Everybody, everybody is riding the Bills, including the coach. Kevin's been all over the Bills, and this this stems from like weeks ago, right? He's been all over the Bills for weeks. I'm taking Kansas City. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I just don't think he's going to lose to Josh Allen. I'm taking Mahomes and the Chiefs over the Bills. Those are the two big ones, two AFC Ooh. picks, but I'm taking Mahomes. Ooh, okay. Okay. That one... That's intrigue. It, it it really is. I like Buffalo now because they finally have a running game and they commit to it. And he's not necessarily playing hero ball. But the one that I won't miss is Ravens, Houston. Ooh. It's gonna be crazy. And then Packers Niners. I'm telling you, dude, this is this I'm actually really excited about and can't wait to work uh, Sunday pregame following Earl Forsey. So, my friend, two in a row. I don't think the coach will be too angry with us. I don't and, think so. Uh, maybe we'll get a chance to do it again. Always fun, my friend. Always fun. God bless all of you. Be safe in the snow. If you go to shovel, stretch, guys. Some of you haven't busted a grape doing nothing but drinking beer and eating pastries, stretch before you lift. God bless. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.